In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 47, Andrew and Jerry Handle Classified Material. I am Andrew Langer. And Jerry Rogers. And I guess I could have said, Jerry, it could have been Andrew and Jerry Save Classified Material because we seem to be in this mist. We got we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about uh, the gas stove issues. We're going to talk about parody accounts. We may talk a little bit about uh, about Larry Hogan. Uh, but the big story, and this, you know, this is it's actually good, I think, Jerry, that we didn't do uh, a, a, an actual show last week. We took a, a sort of half a week off. Um, in that this story has developed quite a bit over the last, you know, since since you and I last did a show, uh, this story has really had legs, hasn't it? Well, sure it has, only because the mainstream media is trying to cover cover up itself. And what I mean by that is, is that um, we we've known about this or the doj knew about this the fbi and of course uh some in mainstream media knew about this uh, classified situation classified documents with joe biden knew about it before the election at least a week before the election and yet everyone sat on it and again you know that that's a component that's not being uh discussed in mainstream media the fact that this wasn't reported and how that could have uh, suppress the vote, how that could have impacted the midterm elections. Number one, number two, um, is this the sunsetting of Joe Biden? Is this the mechanism now where the Democrats and the uh, the left, the media will uh, move uh, Joe to the exit? And then, of course, there are the false comparisons uh, comparing the Joe Biden circumstance uh, with the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid and the two situations as a matter of law and a matter of practice uh, could not be more different. Well, yeah. And it's, it's interesting to me because I like, you know, sort of pulling it back out to the, to the 35,000 foot level. What I love is the mental gymnastics that takes place, not in terms of sort of differentiating between the law, but in differentiating between the intents and the states of the men, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the joy Behar's and Whoopi Goldberg's of the world who get out there and say, well, I, I, I believe Joe Biden because Joe Biden is a good guy and he never Well, lies. of course, but again, and, but, the re, but, but the response to Joy Behar and others, um, the, the, the status of his heart, uh, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, doesn't make a difference. Joe Biden broke the law. He admitted but, uh, so much last but, week. When he's when even if he took these things inadvertently, yes, it's still a violation of the law. Well, it, it's it's interesting because um, and it's funny because I had a conversation uh, for the other podcast with Lynn Ulbricht, who's the mother of Ross Ulbricht, who is the inventor of Silk Road, one of the inventors of Silk Road, who's in jail. And we're talking about I, I went on a on a bit of a rant about in in not rant but a discussion lecture about the question of intent and why intent is such an important part of the law. You're right insofar as if he held on to the documents that in and of itself is a is the breaking of the law. Um, there is this other issue and it gets to the general issue of the Hunter Biden laptop revelations, 
Um, and just what was happening, the questions about just what was happening in the vice president's office while Joe Biden was vice president and what his son was doing outside, and then getting into the retention of these documents in his home, whether or not that home is secured or not, is immaterial insofar as when you have a family member who is being paid by entities that are either owned or otherwise controlled by foreign governments, and that family member could potentially have access to this classified material that could pertain to the goings-on and the policy decision-making regarding these foreign governments, that's the problem here. I mean, it gets back to everything that I've said about Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop investigation, and why it's important, not for any of the you know, listen, we could talk about the moral issues and we could talk about the 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 salacious bits that get uncovered in the in the Hunter Biden laptop. The mm -hmm. fundamental question, hold on. The fundamental question is whether or not the vice president's office was not just for sale, but was also being offered for sale. And what would might have been exchanged by Hunter Biden or others that came out of the vice president's office? I'm sorry, Jerry, go ahead. Well, again, that's the that's the fourth thing I mentioned three already. But the yeah. fourth thing is, is that uh, the Joe Biden classified docs is not about um, his intention. It's not about whether or not it was uh, properly secured. And by the way, Andrew, um, classified documents cannot be properly stored or or viewed outside of a of a of a skiff right what's a a right. sensitive compartmented information facility yes and his garage whether his garage was locked or not uh it doesn't make a difference uh they shouldn't have been there he, and here's what here's what uh folks have told me and i've been talking to members of congress in fact i just, I just uh, before our show got off the phone uh with uh with a with a member's office on a different issue, but I did ask yes, about this Jerry, a little bit. I don't really, really care what Hank Johnson thinks about this. <laughs> Hank Johnson, yeah. Well, you know the the uh, the island might 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 yes. tip one way or the other. Hank Johnson, of course, a ridiculous congressman, Democrat, uh, who uh, who uh, surmised that Guam would tip over if there was too much population. Yeah. And and his latest his latest uh, craziness is that these uh, documents were planted. Uh, but <laughs> but but what experts have told me is that. Uh, you can't take documents out of a skiff right. uh, without knowingly doing it. Right. So therefore, um, intent is moot because Biden took these things out uh, with the intent of taking them. That's that's the law. And he broke right. it. And, 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 and he admitted so much last week. But here's the kicker. I think most Americans, because we're so distracted, and we've talked about this, how the average uh, American has the uh, uh, attention span uh, that's uh, nine, uh, eight seconds, a goldfish is nine seconds. I think what the uh, what the Biden team is hoping for is that the American people won't pay attention. Right. Congress obviously doesn't pay attention. And then that the FBI, the DOJ will use prosecutorial discretion and not charge him. Uh, and, and that's what he's hoping for. But but here's another element of this we haven't mentioned yet that's critical. Um, why, why, why are his attorneys allowed to gather this information? They don't have classified clearance. And again, why isn't the FBI collecting the material? Remember, uh, this is classified. It ought to be the FBI doing this, not his attorneys. And sure. again, that is that's very curious. And here's and here's to your point why I think his attorneys are doing it is because this is about grift. This is about selling the office of the of the vice presidency. Yeah. This is about Hunter Biden 
the, the Biden lap, uh, laptop more than anything else. These classified documents, again, this is speculation, but if I had to guess, I would guess that this is all uh, rolled up in the Biden enterprises. And someone said recently that the Biden family uh, would be a perfect sixth uh, mafia family, the sixth family of 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 uh, in the mafia that they are that they are be, that they're able to uh, have this criminal enterprise. You know, maybe that's why this stuff is now coming out in the media, right? And again, now this is speculation, and this is me wearing my tinfoil hat. I need to <laughs> I need to pull that out. In fact, Jerry, I I should make a tinfoil hat and have it here. Put it on. But you know, we've been talking about this issue of whether or not the Democrats are going to dump Joe Biden. And after the midterms, it seemed reasonably assured that Joe Biden would remain on the ticket going into 2024. It is now January. And, 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 the, and, and the fact that he, you know, kind of grew up and went to a black church, you know, that kind of insulates him. Well, yes, yes, of course it does. Um, but but the point is that that it's January of 2023. We are a year out from the first primaries, right? And if the Democrats want to have a primary, they got to start planning for it now. One wonders if they finally realize some people within the power structure. Jerry and I have spent a lot of time talking about the elites, right? The 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 backfilled rooms. In fact, it was one of the reasons why Jerry was really buoyed by the the transparency of the speaker's race, that it wasn't behind closed doors. Like we 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 need more decisions being made out in front. So Jerry, the theory that I'm advancing here is that somebody finally realizes that with the Republicans going after this Hunter Biden investigation and the investigation of the alleged crimes of the Biden family, somewhere in the Democratic power structure, they know that they're going to have to dump Joe Biden between now and and January of 2024. So they're laying the groundwork now. That that's that's my that's and that's why this stuff is coming out now. I think you're right, but I also think that there are several things happening here at once. Um, number one, I think Biden got caught with his pants down. Uh, number two, I think that the FBI should be um, uh, looking at and gathering these material. His lawyers are, and that signifies there's a Hunter Biden connection here. Uh, yeah. Number uh, another issue here, and again for our friends who are probably sc- uh, screaming at the at their device saying, why don't you mention the Trump scandal? But here's the thing and why these two issues don't compare. Uh, because, and again, I, I I posted this over at the Jerry Rogers Show uh, uh, page. I, I might uh, tweet it out later. But the fact of the matter is, and Barry Rifkin did a real good piece for the Washington Journal uh, several months ago where he, sa- where he lays out plainly that uh, the raid on Mar-a-Lago was illegal, that the, um, that the, Former president, even as former president, is legally uh, allowed access to his papers, White House documents, right. both classified. But here's the kicker, both classified and not classified. Uh, and that the president, the former president, was in negotiation because the government owns these papers. He was in negotiation uh, to hand these things over. Uh, and the um, and the FBI raided publicly. Right. This was a right. uh, this was a public event. A publicity stunt, even. But here's the case there. If you notice, no one at DOJ, Marin Garland's office, you're not hearing um, legal experts, d- Democratic legal experts, talk about President, former President um, uh, Trump uh, having classified information, how he put troops in jeopardy or assets. In- right. No, the what they're saying now is obstruction. Yes. And here's and here's going to be the twist. 
the classified material at Mar-a-Lago, it's not about whether or not the president could have had it, could have had that information. He could. It was legal for him to, uh, to have yeah. it. Uh, the raid on Mar-a-Lago was illegal. However, uh, what the special counsel and what the DOJ will charge him, I think will charge, will be obstruction, sure. i.e. he obstructed the turnover of the documents. Yeah. That's a lot different from Biden. And this is the problem for Biden now. They cannot move forward with a prosecution of Trump over obstruction and not move forward with a prosecution of having uh, these documents illegally uh, for Biden. And that goes to your that goes to your speculation that this is really they're 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 moving him. They're sunsetting him, moving him to the exit. Wow. I mean, you know, and you and you think about it. I mean, this is it's a it's a brilliant move on the part of Kamala Harris, to say the least. Anyway, well, that follow up with that, because here's the only thing that might stop them from sunsetting him. And that is there's no one to run. And when there's no, I mean, there's lots of people can run. I mean, Sheila Jackson Lee, that lunatic from 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 Texas, could run. But but the the bottom line is, uh, Pete Buttigieg has found out that you can't hide uh, as a uh, as, as transportation as a, as a, secretary. As a, yeah, right. So he's done. Well, Kamala Harris. Really... Sorry, go they, ahead. I mean, so uh, Vice President Harris um, is not a good candidate. Neither is Pete Buttigieg. Uh, the only star right now rising star in the democratic party is uh governor elect the new governor of uh of the soon-to-be governor of maryland and that's west moore and so there's the question can west moore be governor of maryland for a year and then uh uh uh, run in a primary for president you're you're overlooking you're overlooking uh, uh mrs obama yeah you know what and you've talked about this. We've talked about this. Yeah. I've always said that she is the she's the big the big threat. Right. And I think I think if she runs, she wins. Right. But, I, but absolutely. She, but she has no interest in running. Yeah, well, we say, they say that now. They listen. They always say they have no interest in running. Right. And then and then and then you know it's and that's the that way they can say I had no interest, but America needs me. Yeah. I'm well, you're right in. about that. Michelle um, Obama, Michelle Obama is the strongest personality. Remember, politics is no longer about whether or not you are a good right. stateswoman or statesman. It's about celebrity. Right. And she she's the biggest celebrity on that side. And I think she beats uh, she beats um, Trump, certainly. Um, and I, but, you know, my you know, my thing is I don't even think Trump's going to run. Uh but DeSantis is in trouble there too. But again, I, stranger I stranger things have happened, and who knows? I've been wrong about almost everything when it comes to predicting who wins elections. And we and we listen, but we are, and part of it is because we are in a very strange season. I mean, to say the least, we are in. And I'm, by season, I mean I mean in the Game of Thrones kind of these you uh, know, years long winters that sort of yeah we're we're we're, right. we're rewatching uh, parts of uh, we're rewatching Game of Thrones with uh, which is a whole thing. It is kind uh, of funny though that you know, like we just said, that the uh, mainstream media, the Democrats, are perhaps moving Biden to, to the door to the exit. But then you have Chuck Todd uh, on Meet the Press. I can't believe that Chuck Todd is a journalist on Meet the oh, Press. Oh yeah, yeah, By the way, but regardless of that, well, you know, Jerry, we know he's a journalist because he tells us so. But go ahead, right? But he was he was in full defense mode on right. um 
uh, over this weekend. In fact, going after Senator Ron Johnson in a very inappropriate way, so inappropriate that even other media outlets called him out, uh, uh, circling the wagons uh, uh, to protect Hunter Biden. Why is Chuck Todd from Meet the Press protecting Hunter Biden. It makes you know, no sense. We, but you have, but you have, you have folks who are in this category, right? We know that there are that there is a certain percentage of the population who will, in the same way that there was a certain percentage of the population who would defend Donald Trump no matter right. what Donald Trump did. There, there is a certain, especially in the journalist journalistic class. You know, there are some folks who believe, right? It, it, the the difference has always been between progressives and 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 conservatives, in that you know progressives. They can be intellectually inconsistent. They can be contradictory. They can be hypocritical. Right. Uh, Chuck Todd may not want to be hypocritical, so he's wedded to this position. And there are always going to be folks who are who are like that. But no, that was that was the worst kind of ambush journalism, um, in, in a way that we actually haven't seen in a long time. You know, the idea of um, of uh, of of you know Ron Johnson who. You know, up until this election cycle, it's been a very long time since I thought of Ron Johnson as a firebrand or controversial in any way. And yet they were going after Ron Johnson. Chuck Tom was going after Ron Johnson as though he were Matt Gates, as though he were Marjorie Taylor right. Greene. Um, and and in the end, it's a it's a yeah, they were in, they were inappropriate questions. It's not up to Ron Johnson to have to figure out which crimes it is, especially in an environment which there are so many different crimes that can be and, and the but again, and the irony there is is if Chuck Todd did his homework, Chuck Todd should be able to uh, read from a list. Here's where uh, Senator, here are the potential criminal activities. Well, what say you? Put the because, senator no, 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 like, because in right? the end, what he was trying to do is catch him in a uh, Rick Perry moment. Where he would have some kind of a brain freeze and not come up with right. not come up with an answer. But again, um, you're right that that is the worst type of ambush journalism. Yeah, um, you know it, it's interesting because mm -hmm. by by the same token, you had Matt Gates tweeting out that he was he actually got asked substantive questions by CNN that were not gotcha questions and and speculating aloud if if this is some change at CNN. And it may very no, well be, though. No, I, I it, think... it goes to your theory. Yes. Um, CNN will want to make Matt Gates seem reasonable and acceptable. Uh, so he becomes their useful tool at CNN. Well, that's part of it, right? It's also that CNN has him on because they think that they can embarrass Matt Gates. Right. Right. It's, it's, but I don't know, think I, I, I again, let me say this. I do not take Matt Gates seriously. I think it's dangerous to quote him, uh, to cite him. Uh, to uh, look at what he's presenting. He is a guy that I, he's even passed trust but verify for me. He's you know, a strange, there's a, there's a bunch of them on, on, on the Republican side that no matter what they do, even if I agree with it, I'm not going to talk about it in the context of them. Dude, I don't know. I lived in that district for a few years and I do not know what is in the water in that district, but you will recall that before Matt Gates, so Matt Gates is is the member from that district because he he ran on his father's name his father was a very famous state senator um who a friend of mine worked for for a few years and and you know but the but he was preceded in office by joe scarborough who as you will recall also had to step away under very weird mysterious circumstances right there I was, was that I, I was thinking about him recently because yeah. he 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 had a fit recently about how 
oh my goodness, the Republicans care more about a gas stove than they do about Putin. Yes. And I thought to myself, what is wrong with this man? Why is Putin so much on his brain? And why can't we do two things at once? Why can't we discuss the the uh, the overstepping it's, it's of regulations and, uh, and foreign right? policy? Somebody was out there the other day. And, and you know, and you know me, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to not engage in battles on Twitter or social media. No, you're not. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying not to. I really am trying. <laughs> love not. it. Believe me, J Jerry. Believe me, I am trying not to. But somebody posted something about um, in in response to you know Dan McLaughlin, you know, over at uh, the National Review. Oh yes, yeah, sure, sure. And and essentially calling dan and the national review a bunch of trump and maga apologists oh that's insane and I said, dan, dan clearly, was dan was one of the first conservatives to support impeachment of donald trump right and, and what are they so, talking about and so, so stupid. and so i said i said clearly you've never written read anything that dan mcclellan has written right. on the subject you were unfamiliar with the irv of the national review and this guy said well he never wrote about this and he never wrote about that it was one of those situations where because right we get into this pattern where where you know because you don't condemn everything all the time right we got into this with some of our former colleagues right where you, if you're not condemning every single little itty bitty thing well then you must you must agree with that and therefore if you agree with any little bit of it um and of course that's, that's i guess that's also that this, this person missed the uh what was the never trump uh the never trump uh front page of right the, it was a magazine mag cover magazine national, cover national review trump. national yes. review coined the phrase i think that never trump and 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 then and then it was the issue of and dan rightly said never trump is not to be confused with never republican right and 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 he was absolutely he's absolutely correct in that and that's something we need to guard against right and that's by the way folks i know right that, we can no longer be uh in favor of tax cuts because donald trump was in favor of tax this cuts. is exactly what the democrats yeah. want this is part of them this sure. is rank and file it's sort of it's this is not i don't think this is a democratic party thing or progressive leadership thing but but it has become it has become a a meme a a statement on the part of the democrats and this is what they want they they want never Trump to become never Republicans. Why? Because that way the Democrats win. Sure. Right? If if, they, if, they, if there's if there's no acceptable Republican candidate because you know on one tenth of the issues they happen to agree with Donald Trump, then therefore uh, they, they, you know you need to vote for somebody right. else. Which is and again the, the, the sadly and, hold on hold on sadly what our friends like Jonah Goldberg have now become. Go ahead, Bill Crystal. Another yeah, one. right. Um, uh, you're right about that. Uh, many yep. of them have become anti-GOP, anti-conservative. Uh, but the, the the funny thing is, uh, many of Donald Trump's positions, especially on trade and on manufacturing, uh, are you know center to the Democratic mission, right? In terms of jobs and wages. So it's interesting, you know. Arthur Brooks, the uh, the former uh, head of the American Enterprise Institute, he now writes column over at The Atlantic and other other things, talked about how the best the best way to um, uh, have a conversation with a lefty is to take their own value sets and their own language and just turn it around uh, on them. On, on these other issues and say, well, you say this, but in this context, well, I agree with you there. Well, of course you do. And again, on manufacturing and on wages, on unions, uh, the left agrees with Donald Trump. This is why we couldn't get a transportation and infrastructure bill all four years of the Donald Trump presidency when, when the Democrats were, were in power of right. Congress. 
right? You know, Donald Trump brought them in, but they refused to give him, yeah. they refused to give him anything. And this is same why thing. Oh, but my whole... goodness, same thing with the dreamers. Donald right. Trump, Donald Trump signed off on an enforcement mechanism, but also a citizenship mechanism for immigration reform. And the Democrats just wouldn't wouldn't right. sign off on it. Right. Right. You know, and that's and and that's the, the you know, and, and you know something, we need to be better about about talking about those situations where when it's not convenient, right? The 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 left says that they want compromise, but when there's compromise no. because it's the other team, they don't want it, which is a very sure. dangerous place for America to be. And it, I hope I I hope Republicans don't do that. I hope that the House, even with a narrow majority, I hope that if if there is a, a good piece of legislation on immigration, say. Uh, that there's compromise and consensus in the Senate. No one gets everything they want, but it's a way to I am uh, to, a way to move forward. I normally hope that inclined to agree with you, yeah. Jerry. But but let's turn it back, right? Because you and I have spent a lot of time talking about these issues where these situations where we we don't use their tactics against them, right? I, but but well, no, that's but the whole thing, you know. And cheers, right? Bravo to Kevin uh, Kevin McCarthy for uh, taking Eric Swalwell off the right. intelligence committee and congratulations on taking these other uh, Schiff who lied uh, consistently about Russiagate and the other uh, congresswoman, the anti-Semitic congresswoman from, Ayanna from, yeah, from, no, and, and, uh, 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 Elon. Oh, uh, Elon Omar. Yeah. I mean, Elon again, Musk Omar. they're all, they're all now crying foul, yeah. but at the time when Nancy Pelosi uh, stripped Republicans of their committee assignments without input from, uh, you know, from the Republican leadership. It was unprecedented, yep. but now it's done. And McCarthy's completely uh, correct and right to do that. So my, my answer to your question is, do we do, do we engage in their tactics? I think some we do and some we don't. Right. That's, I mean, and, and some, some we do and some we don't. And some of it is, right, if you're working to build and grow a party, you have to tell the story of the party. And the only thing you can tell, the only way you can tell a story about a party is not what just what you're against, but what you're for and what you're able to accomplish. Sure. And, and you know, this is, this is anyway, it all gets down to it. Um, speaking of which, right, and you and I talk about these telling, this issue of telling stories. Um, and we spent a lot of time, You, I know you uh, you were working this week on some stuff to quote our, our friend and mentor, Fred Smith. From the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and one of the things about Fred and storytelling—not Fred's own storytelling, but the storytelling of CEI by CEI—was about talking about disparate impacts and how the things, the big government things, the government was doing, were going to impact those folks who are most needy. Sure. This story breaks, and 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 it's it, 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 literally it's a story that has everything that you and I talk about. We talk about the the, the gas stove story, obviously, sure. Jerry. Yeah. Um, it, it is it is about bad policy. It's about policy that has disparate impacts on the poor. It's about bad science, bad science going along with it. And then this also thing we talked about sort of the tactics, right? Um, we announced we're going to ban somebody wants to ban gas stoves. Other entities are in the process of banning gas stoves or gas, you know, heat, whatever get sure. natural gas usage in. And, and by the way, as you're saying this, I, I want to say something real quick. So the um, this idea of banning natural gas, this isn't just a brand new thing happening with this uh, news about the gas stove. Right. For instance, in Maryland, Montgomery County, Maryland, it is now illegal. Any new construction bans natural gas. Yeah. I mean, so this is happening in real time, not based on science, not based on climate change or in the environment. 
it really is based on 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 uh, on and it's an anti-modernity and anti-human flourishing uh, agenda. But I, but go ahead, set, set it up with the gas. No, stove, it's, it's it's couching this, and then I was going to say, you know, just the, the the pattern. You know, we make the announcement. There's a public outcry. We then say, well, we're not really going to do this thing. And then right. we're going to deny it. And we're going to say, you know, oh, oh well, then, now the other side is trying to make this a thing that's not really a thing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then the we're going to come lighting. back and then and then we sort of go back and point out, oh, well, now we're definitely not going to do this thing because there's the hue and cry. Let's talk about this for a second, because th this is, again, you and I had sort of noticed this, right? California's talked about it. You mentioned Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, Kathy Hochul, the uh, the governor of of New York, is talking about this. They're talking about this in New York City. Um, I don't know about you, Jerry. I know um, that the apartments that I lived in uh, in New York and elsewhere, by and large, had gas stoves. Sure. Do you have a gas yeah. stove in your apartment? I mean, so you know, uh, was, growing up, growing up in New York, we always had a gas stove. Right. That, it that really was wasn't. It wasn't until we moved to. Uh, the suburbs where we had electric for the first time and my my mother hated it my mom right. and my mom did not like cooking on electric oh and and there's good reason for it right because with a gas stove you can immediately it's a, listen let, right. me, let me just let me just talk about the wonders of, of of gas stoves which is that you you have immediate and direct control over your heat source and if you need to shut off a if you need to shut off the 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 heat to a pan or a pot you do so immediately and yeah there's residual heat on the on the burners but it's not it's not the same sure. thing with a with an electric, you know, element, right? The the curly Q thing, yep. you turn it off and it's still hot for a really long time. So you literally have to move something off a burner. It's anyway. It, and and, and, and never mind if kids walk by, little kids walk by. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I can't tell you how many times I've burned myself as an adult on, on an electric element. We we have gas here at home now. Um you know, it, for, for now, for, for now, you do, Andrew, for now. You yes, do. yes, yes. That's right. That's right. Who, who knows? Um, but the point is that there is the, the, the spurious science based on this, besides the fact that natural gas has less of a carbon footprint than other forms. of electricity. Now, I would dare say. If you think about other forms of electric generation, it has less of a, of a carbon footprint. But the, the, the real spurious uh, argument is that it has this impact on children's health. And it is true that childhood asthma is a serious issue, especially in inner cities. Sure. But the problem is that they are misdiagnosing. They are, they, this is one of those situations in which correlation does not equal causation, right? There is a, there is a, a correlation, right? If you, if you are in either um, an older apartment building um, or you are in a new apartment building with a hyper-efficient air conditioning system or HVAC system, um, that you are you are still exposed to, and, and I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound like a joke, but it's true. The number one cause of childhood asthma, irritation in the lungs, is from the dust particles from ground up cockroach insect shells. But the most irritating are cockroach shells. Yeah, I mean, and so yeah, you know something. If you make a hyper efficient HVAC system. And folks don't change the filters or what have you. And all this dust and dander and bug shells get blown around and kids breathe them in. Yeah, they're going to get asthma. There's going to be a higher incidence of asthma in places where you've used Listen, Jerry, it's the same reason why the lockdowns in New York City didn't work because you had all of these multi-unit dwellings where the where the, the air was being recirculated sure. and folks were breathing on each other. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. In terms of COVID, 
the best defense against COVID is an open window, is uh, the right. free the free flow of air. And again, uh, of course, the public health entities got all that wrong, forcing public school systems to put all this plexiglass up, uh, restaurants to do the same. Turns out the plexiglass captures the virus and makes it uh, more dangerous uh, to get, to catch the virus. And and again, old fashioned, op- open the window. No, the masks, on. you know, the masks weren't you know, weren't uh, uh, weren't effective. The plexiglass wasn't. Um, the hand washing uh, to hey, an I, extent, but open a window. Can I digress in, in on, on two things for a second? And one one the, the, the first one is so we um they lead into each other. So we're getting ready to go see Paul Reiser this weekend out at uh, Charlestown. Tickets still available, Jerry, and they're not expensive. All right. Um, and by the way, Jerry Seinfeld is uh, playing the anthem in DC. Oh, that's fun. Is that this weekend? It's, um, uh, February 10th, uh, 11th, something like that. Interesting. Um, but you know, so we're going to wind up going around Antietam battlefield over in Western Maryland because it's all, they're all within. I've been there. I know where it is. And, and so we were online last night, me and Jan sort of rabbit trailing on YouTube and we pulled up, you know, her med school would take, um, uh, would take, uh, you know, I don't remember. I think it was first year med students would all go out in the springtime to Antietam and hear a lecture about battlefield medicine because Antietam really changed things. And they tell the story um, of sort of the founder of modern military medicine, whose name is escaping me, who discovered uh, that if you kept the wounded men and sick men in open air tents where there was airflow, they healed better, which gets to your point. Yeah. A, that's one digression. But then we wound up, I wound up rabbit trailing because we wound up, we watched this movie called The Pale Blue Eye, which is on Netflix. It's a, it's about a, it's a murder mystery that takes place at West Point in 1830. Is it any good? It's good. It, it, it's got a weird twist at the end. It's, it's, it gets kind of weird, but it's Christian Bale and I love Christian Bale and, and, um, um, yeah, Christian Bale, you know who Christian Bale is. Of course, Batman. Yeah, okay, Batman. But it all takes place right Batman. around West Point. Yeah. And and because they were really hyper accurate with the outdoor scenes, like at one point there's a scene on the cliffs on the west on the west uh, uh bank of the Hudson, and you can see Anthony's nose, which is where the Bear Mountain Bridge wound up going and looking at hiking videos of hiking in Bear Mountain. And there were it was not one Jerry, but two different videos in which these people from New York City or or suburban New York, this is two years ago, were out hiking on Bear Mountain or on Anthony's nose across the across the river, and they're wearing masks while they're outside. And I it sat no there sense. and I said, This is my digression, Jerry. Yeah. 50 years from now, 70 years from now, a hundred years from now, are are people gonna look back at this as the stupid time? Are they going to see videos well, of people I mean, outside? Again, it, it, it depends on your view of the future. I'm I'm more of a despairing optimist in yeah. that I think we're I think we're just beginning the stupid times. Okay. Look, I mean, to your point. The, so you're the, saying so what you're saying is Jerry that as stupid as we were during the pandemic, we're going to get stupider. In the well, future. again, let me digress. Build on your digression, and yeah. that is think about what's happening now, right? And it really, the thing about the mask, ultimately what that's about is censorship because um, science uh, was was uh, was uh, was censored. Uh, open discussion conversations all um, was all was all censored. And we did not have a robust conversation about COVID. If we did, we would have saved more lives. 
Uh, and then what happened is the public health entities and the and the, and 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 the politicos, instead of admitting being wrong, they doubled down on being right. wrong. And and so, but we see more of this. And then they tripled down, Jerry, by sure. by getting out there and and actively censoring other people on social sure. media. And right. and then, but but moving forward, we we see more of the same, right? Uh, we see that uh, uh, again with the Hunter Biden laptop going into the 2020 campaign censorship. A stifling uh, a debate and exchange of ideas. Uh, think about um, uh, Cong uh, Senator Cardin saying that hate speech should be made illegal. Think about just this past week. I mentioned her earlier in the show. Uh, Congresswoman Sheila Dixon Lee has uh, introduced legislation that will get a majority of Democrat votes uh, to make it illegal uh, to say certain things about um about race and well, about time, time immig immigration. I've, I've, I've so I've I've read the legislation. I don't yeah. think it quite says that. It, it, there's a lot of overblown information because I like you did with the "Don't Say Gay" bill, which never says "Don't Say Gay." I read through. It's not a long bill to read. It 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 it's the issue is it's vague in its language as to what constitutes hate speech, but it doesn't specifically say you can't. Well, criticize. replace it, it does say you can't criticize replacement theory. I mean, you, I'm yes, sorry. The, the, yes, yes. I mean, it, it does. It does. Yes, yes. Yes. I mean, it says that explicitly. It says that. But my point is, is that uh, it's it's the fact that it's vague is what makes it dangerous. Of course. Of course. So I, so regardless, it shows you that Congress or good uh, a good portion uh, members of Congress uh, don't have free speech values. So this is what my point is. Our trajectory, our trajectory is more going towards stupid. Than going towards smart. And, and Jerry and so, so, said, by the way, Jerry yeah. also believes. It, I'm sorry, this sounds like I'm making you out to be a conspiracy theorist, and I don't. Um, you offer up a a very thoughtful, and I mean this in in all seriousness. You offer up a very thoughtful analysis of history, in which you say that the in which you you conclude or your assertion is that the tendency is towards authoritarianism yeah. as opposed to freedom. That 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 if, that democracies eventually all collapse and this gets into what you're talking about doesn't it jerry yeah and it does and and, and, and so, i mean i hope look what this is what encourages me uh and you and i talked a little bit about this last time i think or we talked about it off off mic i forget about our yeah. conversations uh but um uh, the, the, there is um there is a lot of misinformation and propaganda about climate change and in the and the environment and energy right. use specifically energy use and so over the past uh, 10 days or so, I've been reading uh, a lot of uh, uh, Alex um, Bernstein and uh, Bjorn, uh, 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 Bjorn Lomborg, Lomborg uh, and, and uh, Steve, Steve Malloy yep. uh, and some others. And I'm encouraged that these people exist to yes. at least push back, to be the John the Baptist, you know, the lone voice in the wilderness. And let me just say this about energy. Um, and because you said something earlier today about uh, uh, natural gas having a uh, lesser uh, carbon footprint, I'm not convinced. In fact, I think the science tells us that uh, that that carbon, its net impact on the environment is positive, not negative. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so this idea that fossil fuel use is bad for the environment is not based on science, because if you look at the impact, like I'll give you an example. Um, in the last 100 years, uh, we have decreased uh, the climate-related deaths by 99%. Right. 
And that's only because of of of, of fossil fuels. Yes. And, and, and we talked about in the show last time how whale oil was used and we almost hunted the whales to extinction. And then we discovered oil, how the automobile uh, saved cities from massive pollution right. because of the of the fear about about horse manure. And, 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 and the story goes on and on. I really think, Andrew, that those of us who are uh, who are pro-human, can I say that? Yeah. That we're pro-life, pro-human, pro-modernity. We have to change the debate. Fossil fuel use is not a negative; it's a positive. Right. And we're and we're teaching we're teaching young people today to be afraid of it. And and let's let's remember. And this is the other part of it, right, Jerry? And right. I appreciate this. A really good segue, because it evinces such the the left's argument evinces such a an ignorance of what it's not just the energy production. Right. So energy production and reducing the cost of energy production. And it gets into what you and I think you and I definitely talked about, because I remember I was in the car as you were talking about this. Right. The fact that you have lefties who are opposed to fusion research, yes. not just nuclear fission, but nuclear fusion research uh, is emblematic of the fact that they are they are uninterested. Right. As you said, what is it you said? There's somebody who said, well, we don't want cheap energy because cheap energy would be abused by man. Right. I mean, uh, there was a um, so recently there's been, you know, the, the news about fusion and these breakthroughs. Uh, we're, we're still way far away from fusion and fusion energy. But regardless, uh, and one leading environmentalist said that, no, fusion would be horrible right. because it would be like giving an idiot child a machine gun. Yes. And so what the left progressives, what the environmental, the net zero movement what it's all about is not the environment or saving the environment. It really is about depopulation right. uh, and dehumanizing the planet. Uh, again, they net zero by two, uh, 2050. That's yeah. the goal. Leading scientists agree that to get to net zero, uh, we will have to half the world's uh, population. Right. So and who's uh, going uh, to volunteer to die? Especially if you're not willing to go through and and use the tools of science at your disposal to generate vast more amounts of energy using and, 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 again, it's, and it's interesting but, that you say that. I know your dad's a scientist too, yeah. but it, it, it the, the environmental movement and the scientists within it are anti-science. It's it's right. unbelievable to me as how anti-science they are. The, the shorthand on all of this is. If you are talking to somebody and they advance this idea of net zero, a carbon-free energy generation, and they're not willing to um, uh, contemplate either nuclear fusion or nuclear fission, nuclear fission, which is what we have right now, then you know that their their argument is not science-based, but it's politically based. It's just very simple. Of course. But my, my point is, though, Jerry, is that the ignorance also extends beyond energy generation, right? Because let's, let's, let's say that we start... You know, we, 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 we're never going to, we can't stop drilling for oil because oil petroleum is used in so many other things, whether it is fertilizer, whether it is in plastics, right whether it is lubricants for machines, right? You can't fertilizer, fertilizer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I said. First thing, but, but you yeah. cannot have, you cannot have wind generation, Jerry, right. unless you have petroleum based grease lubricants in, in, in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, doing otherwise you get the massive explosions of wind turbines that we've that we've seen before. Right. And, so, and again, just to make this complex issue conversational, yeah. what this means, right? The attack on fossil fuel, 
what it means is again not does it means more than just high cost energy which makes human beings poorer and less safe and less wealthy right. and less you know and, and less healthy uh, but it also means uh, uh healthcare costs go up food costs go up every aspect of life the costs go up look in europe today there are tens of thousands tens of thousands of people will freeze to death this winter because they can't afford right. energy and yes. germany has sold out on 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 green energy and what has happened is it doesn't work and so for, for the first time in the in the last generation right europe has reforested itself right yeah. wealth has allowed europe to replant all the forests they cut down 100 200 300 years ago right because same thing with the north northeastern united right. states however in germany today guess what's happening again deforestation they're yeah they're cutting down you know why because they can't afford to heat their homes right so so people are going to what's around them the environment around them and they're cutting down trees i am reminded their homes. this is the first movie reference right i think it's the first movie reference i'm going to make on the show today jerry ah um in in that it, i urge you all if you haven't seen it go and watch the movie reds 1980 1981 uh, the warren um, beatty warren film? beatty diane keaton and it is about the socialist movement in america and then the russian revolution and maureen stapleton plays uh emma Edith. goldfarb um <laughs> Or Emma Goldman, who was a very famous socialist who wound up being deported from the United States. And she is in uh, she's in Russia witnessing the revolution. And you watch her story arc as she 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 is um, enthusiastic about the Russian, the Bolshevik revolution, and then is completely uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Completely unmasked. It is completely unmasked or despondent about it. And there's a conversation she has with Diane Keaton. In which she says the people in the cities, they're dying from the cold. And yet then folks want to leave the cities to go out into the forest and cut trees. But the Bolshevik authorities are preventing them because it would not be conducive to the elements of the revolution. And 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 Maureen Stapleton's character says, I mean, this this is how I know that this is over, that if there, if there really truly is a socialist revolution, the only place it's not happening is here. Because you know they are crushing people, they're 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 ignoring the facts in front of their faces. But that is the tendency of socialism around the world. But it's is also it if it's politically the, it, inconvenient, it, it, they don't do it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, and again, now full circle back to what you said about um, whether or not 100 years from now we're going to look back at mask use and think it this is the stupid time. Well, no, because of what you just said. If the facts are inconvenient, we will ignore mm. the facts, and that's that's. That to me is the state of our political uh, discourse of the public square. It's about it's all censorship. It's all misdirection. And again, it's frightening to me uh, because um, I, I give an example and we uh, just uh, build on what we already talked about in the show, the gas stove. The left, the media is now telling us that the right started a culture war over the gas stove. Right. No, what happened was that someone, some, some, and it's not even the right. It's just regular people saying, no, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to give up my gas stove. Uh, and 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 the left has been able to temporarily say, no, we're not going to do something this. Gets into a very important point, which is always believe the left when they start doing something. Yes, always. They telegraph, they telegraph what they want to do. This is a goal for them. 
And, and it is, you know, even if the guy at the Consumer Product Safety Commission doesn't get his ban on gas stoves at the CPSC, somebody else is going to try to do it like they're doing in New York like they've done in California, in Maryland. like what they're doing in Montgomery County, Maryland. Yeah, right. it, it, and that's why, you know, you cannot dismiss. I mean, it gets me, man. Hey, man. Um, you know, I was talking about this months ago with a listener about the issue of lowering the voting age from 18 to 16. And and the guy, the, the lefty, dismissed it out of hand. I and mean, he was talking about ignorant Republican voters. And I said, well, wait a minute. What about Democrats who want to lower the voting age to 16? Um and and this guy said, uh, well, that's not where's that happening? And I pointed out, well, it's you know, it's a ridiculous idea. You know, no one's ever going to take it seriously. And yet, of course, this week we have a Democrat dropping a bill to lower the voting age, to introduce a constitutional amendment to vote lower the voting age from 18 to 16. Also, there is jur- I, I, I don't know how many, but I know there are several jurisdictions around the country um, that have lowered the age. Tacoma Park, Maryland, Jerry. Yeah. And also uh, Maryland. Um, yeah. In Maryland, uh, also in Maryland, uh, the city of Baltimore, Mayor Brandon Scott wants to lower the wants age. to yes, but he hasn't. Yeah. Tacoma right. Park, he, I believe, he has done it. Right, but and but here's yeah, yeah. the funny thing about that is you have all these Democrats who want to lower the age of voting age to sixteen, but at, t- at the same time won't give any of these sixteen year olds uh, the uh, the opportunity to choose their own schools. Right. Right, 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 yeah, right. But they will allow them to choose their own right. body parts. Yes, I, I, this is, it's, it's I don't want to, didn't want to go down into that rabbit hole quite, quite yet. Um, speaking of which, I, I do want to shift gears a little bit while we have had the time because we're talking about sort of Democrats telegraphing things. There's been an interesting trend online about people not being able to figure out parody accounts. I, I, and I will tell you something. For a long time, I had trouble figuring out. There's a guy named. Nick Adams, or the one I was telling you about uh, uh, last night, the Anne Lesby. Um, in fact, let me let me Jerry. I want to pull. I want to pull this up because we were just talking about gas stoves. It's a good. It's a good way to uh, to to figure this out. Um, let me find this. Anne Lesby. Less, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm 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 less engaged in the whole Twitter social media i I know i know i know i know but but with that being said it's obvious that twitter and tiktok and social media has a um you know enormous impact on on our politics and our culture so i don't i don't dismiss it so this is this is the tweet i will not oh of course yeah i will not allow my children to eat food cooked on a gas stove and it's very subtle Right. What I love about these kinds of parody accounts is that that they well, I guess if you read her, her if you look at her name and you look at her her bio, it's very clear. Um, Ann Lesby, head of gender studies at something called ACL University, anti-racist fetus author, one eighth black neurodivergent, typical non-binary semi-trans lesbian who dates men, vegan plus. And then, of course, her name Ann Lesby, if you reverse it, is Lesbian. Um, but it's the tweet is so subtle and you and what makes a good satire is that it could be something you could be something that a lefty says um and 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 it just sort of they they go through the the um the the replies the responses from folks you know i won't allow i want some folks somebody said i won't allow my kids to look at a gas stove i won't allow my kids to play with friends whose family has Families have gas stoves. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, it is so, it is so genius in, in the great. end. 
the, the reason why I bring it up is that some of these some of these parody accounts are incredibly are incredibly subtle. So this guy Nick Adams, I, I don't know I don't I don't know what the goal is. I mean, Ann Lesby is obviously to poke fun at the left. I think Nick Adams is to poke fun at the right. What I love is, come here, Charlie. My dog wants in today. Say hi, Jerry. Say hi to Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Yes. Um, Nick, his, his moniker is Nick Adams Alpha Male, which to me, if you have to declare yourself to be an alpha male, it means that you're not. And and his... He's a, he's a guy who looks looks like you and me, Jerry. He's, he's a he's a gentleman of rather large carriage, um, who proclaims that the ultimate in his alpha maleness is that he eats at Hooters, which to me automatically signifies that it's a parody account, right? And I guess people finally started to realize it over the weekend because there was some controversy about M and M's, and M and M's being I don't know it was some controversy about M and M's and LGBTQIA plus. And this parody account was sort of going down the road of saying, I'm never going to eat M&Ms again. Uh, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. And finally, you know, folks started to realize that it was not the, my, and I bring it up because one of my trolls, someone who was that Hollywood producer who was trolling my account for a long time mm -hmm. has sort of spun off and he is constantly responding to this guy, Nick Adams. And I got to tell you, I take great pleasure in watching that, Jerry. You know, this this guy who clearly has way too much time on his hands, who uses it to troll me or Matt Taibbi or, I don't know, pick another conservative, has all wrapped himself Well, Taibbi's not a conservative. He's a, he's a liberal. Taibbi's not a conservative. No, no, no. But, but, but you know, yes, I, but Taibbi's a truth teller. Yes. Um, and, and so um, the fact that this, that this Hollywood producer is now, completely wrapped around the axle. Well, think about, I mean, I, I, again, I understand Twitter, TikTok, other social media platforms impacts the public discourse. I get it. But I have, what's the, rarely have I read something on TikTok or Twitter that is worth reading. I don't know if that's true i mean because to me i go to i go to twitter to to read to find out what friends of mine have published or colleagues have published or what other colleagues of mine are reading and are and are promoting um and then i go there for breaking news right if so you know like uh um sure um, but that's that's i i get that and right. and, and that's and that to me is uh, similarly i go but i'll go to Jerry, twitter this is why i'm no longer in the business of debating people on twitter or arguing with people on twitter and except in very rare occasions but you know i, I, I think i think of like rob reiner and right. he the, the the ridiculous things he tweets out is just not worth it's not worth thinking about i mean he's i mean god bless right. him i mean his father you know the a champion of, of comedy his son yeah, is you know just a meathead i, I, I would say i would tell you something though I, I I tried reading Carl Reiner's biography, yeah, and I could not get through it. I, Why? I, because it was all very preachy lefty stuff. Oh, I mean, it just once he sort of drilled down into how wonderful his kids were for their political activism. I was like, you know, something. I'm I'm done here. I loved I loved I loved the story that Carl Reiner tells about the first time Mel Brooks showed up at his uh, beach house out in out on Long Island, like Fire yeah. Island or wherever they were. Right. And, and, you know, Mel Brooks showed up in the middle of the night and Car uh, Rob Reiner and his sister were told 
to not disturb the man who was going to be staying at the house. And apparently, you know, at like five in the morning, Mel Brooks had been there for three hours. He's sleeping in the breakfast nook. And all I can hear is these kids whispering, is that the man daddy told us about? <laughs> Which is a great story. But then he goes in and yes, and then my daughter became head of psychiatry at uh, Cedar sinai Medical Center. And she is this great humanitarian active in all kinds of leftist causes. Something well, Rob Reiner has made some good movies, uh, also. It's un- yeah, unfortunate. Oh, Rob, well, Rob Reiner has, yeah. As somebody pointed out, uh, uh, the, 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 the most unbelievable casting in recent history was Rob Reiner as Leonardo DiCaprio's father in The Wolf of Wall Street. It was hilarious. He was hilarious <laughs> in it, yes, he was. He was yes. great, and I so love that, the fact you know. that he watches The Equalizer, which is a show that I used to, I used to enjoy. <laughs> Anyway, um, I, I, you know, we're, I, I, yeah, despairing optimist. I, I think that, um, I think that, uh, we should spend less time though on these social media uh, platforms. Well, of course. I mean, Jerry, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, 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 it is the thing that contributes to us having an eight second uh, attention span. Sure. Yes. Yes. It, uh, agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. So, um, uh, before we let you go, Gerald, before we. Oh, and by the, the way, show, we will be. Uh, uh, sending out this podcast via Twitter. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, I mean, listen. I mean, that, yeah, for Twitter and Facebook. That's how we. That's how we promote these things. But um, um, and it gets down to it. You know, in fact, we want you to share more of these things. So, uh, um, did you did, did you get a chance to watch the Banshees of Inisherin? Oh yeah. Yes, great. you did. Yes. yes, we started to talk about it. I know I'm sort of shouting into my microphone. Here I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a very Irish movie. It is not. It is in no way an American movie. It's an oh, Irish yes. movie. Um, and I don't want to, you know, spoil it, but it is a, it is an Irish movie with an Irish uh, sense of itself and even the characters and how they behave and why they behave the way they I'm do. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the very, day that Jerry is going to, Jerry is going to come to me and say, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> I spent, you spent <laughs> two think about hours this. telling me what was in your donkey shite. You know, you know, what I told my kids, um, my older girls who, who were watching it, I said, look. And they, you know, because it, 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 it's somewhat, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, the movie is somewhat unsatisfying. It's unsatisfying. It is very well, yes, because they don't, they don't get back. To, I, I don't want. Well, they it. might. We, we, we don't no. know. It's. I don't think they do because of how of but how it's the, unsettling. Because <laughs> we can't get. I don't want to spoil it. We can't get everybody. into it. But here's. Yeah. But here's the thing. And what, and how movie. I. This is how I explained it to my children. The uh, the hunger strike. Yes. Now, most recently. In our in Irish history, the hunger strike was used uh, during the Troubles. Yes, but remember, the hunger strike is about shaming your enemy. Yeah, that's what it's about. The Irish believe that shaming your enemy is is the very most just thing to do, most effective, mo- uh, most just, and that's what in in this relationship. That's what the one man who wants to no longer have the relationship, that's what he ultimately, that's what he's doing. He's trying to yeah. shame the other character. And that's what it's about. And Irish, again, it's for those who are, who are, come from large Irish families, you'll watch this movie and understand exactly what I mean. Um, it's, it's, it's Irish. Again, I, I already said, I already made this analogy. I'll do it again. But uh, the movie Devil's Own. Uh, Brad ah. Pitt, you know, Brad Pitt and uh, it's not Harrison. an American story. It's right. an it's, Irish, it's one. an Irish story. Yeah. Yes. It's in the same thing. You know, it's funny. Um, I had wanted to see the movie Babylon. 
um, which is, you know, Brad Pitt and uh, what's her sure. name? Margot uh, Robbie. Margot Robbie. Um, then it got panned. And then our, 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 our colleague, Amanda Milius, who is the daughter of the great filmmaker, John Milius, uh, she loved it. And now I'm kind of interested in seeing it again. Well, Brad Pitt is never in a bad movie. I mean, this guy, I can't think of a bad movie, Brad Pitt. Uh, you know, listen, I can think of a movie. I mean, some of his earlier stuff. I, I can't watch uh, Legends of the Fall, for instance. Did you see Bullet Train? Yeah, loved loved Bullet Train. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. He's yes. great in that movie. Yes. And it, it, uh, Legends of the Fall is not a bad movie. It's just, not, it might not be your cup of tea, but it's not a bad movie. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was enti- just entirely overwrought. I don't oh, know. It's it's a uh, an Irish. They call a bod- It's a bodice ripper. That's you know that's essentially what it is. Uh, I I didn't. I never. I never liked. I you know what I hated about that movie what? is that is that uh, Aiden Aiden Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, I, 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 he's such a great character, and just his dad craps all over him the entire. Well, movie. again, that's that's a little bit of an Irish story. That movie. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy right? that. Yeah. So, so, so an American might find it uh, uh, un, 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 unfulfilling, unsatisfying, you know, unsatisfying. Unsat- yeah, unsatisfied. Yes. Un- unsatisfying. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get that. I get that. And you also saw the menu. Loved it. Yeah, I don't loved know. it. Loved I, I, it. It was crazy. One of the best. One of the best movies I've seen in the last five years it, it is it is a it is movie. a crazy it is a crazy it is a crazy movie it really it really did also you why the, Jerry, i liked it so much was if you like those two movies you'll like me. the pale blue eye what it surprised me yes then you like the pale blue different eye. well again it, it, I, I know a little bit about it is it a spoiler to, 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 to this detective is who well, well he's, he's christian bale no but in but in the movie his character is i i don't know what do you mean isn't his character Edgar Allan Poe? No, 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 no. Christian Bale is not Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan yeah. Poe is a student at the at. at okay, I'm sorry. Point. Okay, yes. very good, very is, good, very he good. He is assisted in his investigations by Edgar. By, Allan Poe. Oh, very good, very good, very yes. good. All right. And yes, yes, and yes. and that's that's an integral point. A lot of folks don't know. It, it's funny because it's referenced in um in later on. There's a in the movie Lincoln. There's a scene in which um, someone is talking about a, a cadet at the academy who <laughs> failed out of the academy because West Point because he he thought that silica was a gas, and that All if right. that person had, uh, had, uh, had had gotten that question right, he might very well be a general by the time the Civil War rolled around. That was Edgar Allan Poe, very who good. who who flunked. And this flunked was out. in a Lincoln uh, Vampire Slayer. Yes, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. I um. Um, um, I, I annoyed the hell out of my wife watching that watching this movie because when I was a kid, I read a, a history of of West Point that was actually published in like 1948. It was a, something on my grandparents' shelf that was right, and I loved it. And I, I, I you know, it was a, it was a book that I that I that I read over and over again, so I knew a lot a lot about it. Um, what else, Jerry? Is there anything else that you want to you want to cover today? Well, I, mean, I mean, there's lots of stuff. I I, I do think this. I think that that you know keep you know keep your eyes open to how the left the media the democrats in particular how they want to censor how they want to stifle debate and and that's 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 where the real issues are and we're seeing that right on energy we're seeing that when it comes to these classified documents we're seeing that when it comes to free speech we're seeing it when uh, on on myriad issues Uh, on on the again the the i wish we could just say once and for all this 
stop having the argument over uh, 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 non-binary. It doesn't yeah. exist. And why are we engaging in their fantasy? Um, but again, that's, that's another place where you're not supposed to believe your lying eyes. Have you um, have you seen this this video? I should pull it up uh, of this this school board meeting in Idaho. Have you heard about this? No. Let me tell the story real quick. I don't. Yeah. I won't play the video. But there, you know, and this is Idaho. So we're we're talking. We're not talking about a big city in Idaho like uh, Boise or Pocatello, but a, a a rural county. Yes, this is a humble brag of my Idaho knowledge, Gerald. But a, a, a county in rural Idaho on the Idaho-Oregon border, they have a school board meeting. The school board is discussing all kinds of these um, um, inclusive policies, access to the, uh, the, the, the big one, of course, is access to the locker rooms, right? Right. Um, and a state senator gets up to speak, and it's a conservative state senator, and he is pointing out the myriad ways in which the school board is violating existing state law whether it's about curriculum or whether it's about debate and discussion and the school board chairwoman moves to uh, silence him. And then somebody else on the school board moves to adjourn the meeting. They adjourn the meeting in the middle of this guy's presentation and, and bedlam ensues. I mean, you know, it, it, it is, it, it is a situation in which my point in bringing this up is that these things are not combined, confined to no. Montgomery County, Maryland, Actually, you know what's interesting? Has this been? Do we know? Has this been something that's been discussed in Baltimore City Schools? Yes, the uh, the trans the, the gender equity is all over uh, uh, Baltimore County, Baltimore City, Montgomery no, 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 County. But, but are we sure it's Baltimore City because I would have expected a much greater hue and cry from the parents in Baltimore City. Are you kidding me? They're they're murdering sixteen year olds, and there's no hue and cry. Okay. Come on. Well, well yeah. But, I mean, you know. I mean, literally, yeah. ten days ago, a sixteen year old boy is shot. We've shot talked about this, yes. and it's. Um, but let me let me say this in terms yeah. of what you know, what we should cover and think about moving forward. Yes. Um, this diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion nonsense, right? Corporate culture has embraced it. Um, obviously, the political left has, the media has. Uh, uh, Jonathan Turley has been. Um, following this and, and and again if you don't read his blog go and read it jonathanturley.org yep yeah and long story short we're seeing more and more cases of um of individuals in their private lives um affirming traditional orthodox sexual ethics um you know uh marriages of one man one woman for life or yeah. that there are two there are two genders not multi-genders or even even not not so overt, but just uh, saying they support J.K. Rowling. Yes, you know I enjoy J.K. Rowling. She's a good author, and all this all these attacks on her. I, I'm not I'm not I, I I don't go for that. And they're being fired from their jobs. Right. I mean, fired. No, no. no you, listen, the, you, the, you just the, simply the, say you the, support J.K. Rowling the and you lose your job. Law partner at one of DC's biggest right. firms. Yeah. I mean, yes. so I, I again, I I think that th this attack on free speech. Uh, and and uh, and also the thought police is the biggest threat moving forward because it impacts everything yes. from COVID policy to energy policy to health policy uh, to, uh, uh, to to all these other issues. And it's almost like you said earlier, it's happening in plain sight. And let me let me add to this because it's a story you and I haven't really talked about. 
but the issue of um of uh a you know government surveillance of speech is part of this but the use of ai artificial intelligence here oh my, yeah i don't yeah. know if you i don't think you and i no, talked about we this haven't, story. But lots of uh, uh in the news recently where private entities like madison square garden well, there's are that use, are using this technology to, to throw people out of yeah, to keep people out, out of who've, uh, who've challenged. Yeah, who've been, who've been <laughs> lawyers who've challenged. The, but I'm going in a different direction here, Jerry. So, yeah. bu- bu- you know, building on what we were talking about earlier with Ben Cardin and the issue of hate speech. Yeah. Um, we know that the let me let me start this by saying I have a general problem with the automation of law enforcement generally. Right. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the concept, of speed, the concept of speed cameras bothers me on a whole host of levels. Um, because, you know, a, because municipalities can set speed limits artificially low and they use it, they use it as a, as a revenue source. And, and also you know, in a city like Baltimore, you might have to go, uh, uh, uh 30, 40 and a 25, right. because there's a squeegee guy. Uh, who's trying right. to kill you? But but you know uh, one of my favorite examples was in in Washington D.C. on New York Avenue, which is a main thoroughfare in and out of out of out of D.C. Um, there, the speed limit was set to I think thirty miles an hour, and they would frequently because if if New York Avenue was open, the speed limit on New York Avenue should probably be forty five miles an hour. You should be able to get in and out of 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 there fairly quickly, given the width of the roads and the sure. uh, depending on the it's, traffic it's, levels. It's like a highway. Uh, it is like highway and it when you come into... off of 50 when you yeah. come off of 50 um right that it's the end to end 295 so you yeah, it, you know either the baltimore it's, it's highway or route 50 yes yeah, it's highway so 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 but when in when covid happened uh, you know traffic in and out of dc dropped their revenues dropped because they weren't getting you know speeders on route 50 so what did they do they dropped the speed limit on new york avenue from 30 to 25 um, wow. And that way, yeah. So my, here's my point. We know that the Chinese use AI to deal with their social crediting system. It's a whole thing. And my point is here in the United States, we know that the Biden administration has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars giving money to places like the University of Washington to develop artificial intelligence software. This is, again, this sounds like tinfoil hat, conspiracy theorizing. It's not, it's out there. It is verifiable. This has happened um, to, to you know, artificial intelligence, AI software to monitor microaggressions in speech. And again, when you have a something that is a, a truly a subjective idea, the concept of the microaggression. I know. Uh, and you're policing speech, and then you add it to AI, and then we know that there are folks who want to implement a Chinese-style social crediting system here at home. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah this you're is, right. This gets into what Jerry's talking about. You know, it's like that movie, Tom Cruise movie. Um, uh, that Minority movie, Report. Minority Report, but also right. like Body Snatchers. In, in, in so much as, um, you know, Body Snatchers was was a the, or the, the original movie really was about um, conformity and, and the threat of communism, right? Uh, the original, Wait, the, the, uh, the original, the original one with Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams. There was a no, remake, right? No, that that's the remake. Okay. Um, the the original was um was before that it was a uh, it was a black and white film. Right. This is the George Romero one, I think. It was. Right. right. Anyway, yes, long okay. story, but long story short, because um, they remade it a third time. Right. Long story short. But the thing is, is that right? If you showed any kind of emotion, um, uh, they 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 got you. Yeah. And, you know, you know, this is this has been a mechanism for the left forever where they 
they want to control they find ways to control your thoughts control well, this is your ideas this is why that the 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 idaho school board thing is so damning because as the state senator opens up his speech with saying you know you say that uh, public comment can't be used to criticize individual employees of the school district and that runs directly counter to what the supreme court has said on this so as you know that's the thing guys it gets it gets back into you know who we are as a people and why we have these things protected. The founding fathers were, were ultimately very brilliant in their prose. You know, the, the first amendment is very simple and straightforward and it's very elegant. Um, that, that, you know, the whole idea is you have the widest breadth of speech um, so that you can petition the government for your redress of grievances. So you can have open and frank discussions and hold government accountable and government should not be in the business of suppressing those things. And when government starts to, that's a that's a real problem. Yeah, Jerry, when are you on next? Uh, I'm on Wednesday, uh, January 18th. Uh, tomorrow, 10 to two. Yeah, tomorrow. WBAL, and then of course, you know, every Sunday the Jerry Rogers Show. Yeah, there, there, there you go. Well, I'm I'm not doing uh, uh, other filling work uh, right now. Um, we do have a new episode uh, up this week uh, of um, of uh, uh, the Lunch Hour with Federal Newswire. I interviewed Charlie Sauer, which is a really interesting. Uh, podcast to say the least because i don't jerry do you know this charlie sour is an inventor i, I want to say i knew that i think i mentioned it to you i may have mentioned charlie charlie our charlie our charlie from the market institute hey, I, exactly I have right. to make a i have to make a correction I, I i earlier said that on on energy issues i said alex bernstein it's not it's alex epstein I alex epstein that. yes alex, you got him but confused you should, with alex but, berenson who is but, the great you know yeah, yes and but also you should but check out alex epstein um uh energy uh, on energy issues he's fantastic yep absolutely 100 percent uh well jerry what do you want people to do well it's it's becoming more and more difficult but find the truth plant your feet stand firm god bless you god bless you jerry have a great week everybody have fun and please stay safe